Recording from a basement and above a garage in suburban Atlanta, welcome to the Godless Heathens podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jeff. And this is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism, as you will find out today. We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the unholy merger of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And it's episode 129. And we're wondering why Russell Moore is the mainstream media's favorite evangelical these days. But first, a word from our sponsor. Well, we have a sponsor? We do. We are sponsored by the Text with Jesus app. <laughs> If you go to textwithme, textwith.me slash Jesus, you will be able to text with Jesus. It is a chat GPT run AI app available only on Mac because Jesus hates Android and Windows apparently that you can text with the first family. And one of the apostles. Peter is in the free tier. Everybody else, you got to pay for. You could text with John the Baptist or Abraham, (laughs) Moses, all the rest of the Old Testament folks. That's the the pay tier as well. Adam and Eve, got to pay. Mary Magdalene, (laughs) you know you got to (laughs) pay. You could. And what about Satan? Is he uh, available in there? Satan is available for two ninety nine a month. Uh, extra yeah, for Satan? Absolutely. Satan is pre- uh. Satan is premium content, Jeff. <laughs> premium content. And I don't know if they did this on purpose, but on the website it says a divine connection in your pocket. That sounds like you know an evangelical come online. Like, hey, baby, you, I got a divine have you signed connection. Up? I, I, I downloaded it. Did you really? I did. Oh, we um, got to mess with this. So, Jeff, if you have a question for any of the figures from the Bible that you know so well, you let me know. And if they're on the free tier, we can, we can get the answer together. I started with um, Noah. And in the great tradition of the now disgraced Bill Cosby, I asked Noah what a cubit was. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, and it, it is a very long, uh, honestly kind of technical and boring response. So really this feels a little bit like Bible chatbot, kind of a cliff notes. It's not, it's not funny, uh, at least not to me. You're, so this is a serious thing. This is a... Uh, do, do you do you have do you have a question? Well, yeah, okay. for, for the Lord for Jesus because because he's in the he's in the free thing, right? Yeah, Jesus, absolutely. Okay. He's the top of the whole. He's he's at the top of the holy family in the app, and when you <laughs> as he should be, uh, well, as he should be. He, you know what? I, I, you could argue that that mom should be on there because oh wait, what about dad? What about God? He should uh, be top billing. Well, dad's spirit is everywhere. You you want to talk with you want to talk with the big guy? Apparently, you just pray. But when, well, Jesus is God according to their theology, so I guess you're getting two for one there. All right, so I'm going to ask Jesus. So when you uh, so when you click Jesus, it's it's basically like when the Lord talks in a Monty Python movie. Oh wow! So it says, and, uh, "Hey there, friend. I'm Jesus Christ, here to chat and help you out." What's on your mind today? Smiley emoji. Oh, jeez. What would you like to know oh, okay. from the big guy? So I want to know, is Jesus pro-life or pro, uh, pro-abortion? pro What's his stance on abortion? Should I say, you know, should said, I say pro-choice? Quoted, yeah, little, little text bubbles. Jesus is thinking. Uh-oh. As Jesus. I, I'm, I, he's speaking in the third person. I value and cherish all human life, as it is a precious gift from God. I believe in the sanctity of life from the moment of conception to natural death. 
Each person is fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully. And I desire everyone to have the opportunity to experience the fullness of life. But I don't want rich people or churches to pay taxes so people can't... Oh, wait, that's not on there. Um, (laughs) Scripture teaches that God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. Heavy. That's Jeremiah 1, 5. And that every individual is created in his, capital H, image. Genesis 1.27. Therefore, I encourage... Oh, my God, this is long. I encourage... Jesus need an editor. I encourage respecting and protecting the lives of the unborn. However, it's important to approach this topic with compassion, understanding, and empathy towards those who may have different perspectives and experiences. If you'd like to discuss this further or have any other questions, feel free to ask. Smiley emoji with a halo on it. Well, I assume then that this is not um, a progressive liberal mainline church that's sponsoring this by by that answer it, it sounds very much like a russell moore answer oh that could be a yes. good segue i'm going to ask what was mary magdalene's job what, what did, in what his did, tribe what did mary magdalene do for a living jesus thinking Ooh. text bubbles <laughs> okay this one this one is way long oh it's not just she's a whore it's not uh the the term does not appear in this lengthy answer from Jesus. The Bible doesn't explicitly mention her specific occupation. Is that true? That's true. That's true. It does state that she was several women who provided support and assistance to me and my disciple. Some scholars suggest that Mary Magdalene may have been a woman of means who used her resources to aid our ministry. Apparently, you say that she was... A sex worker. Well, that's that's what they usually try to say. The women, you know, woman of ill repute kind of thing. Well, they, now they're saying a woman of means. Could that be? A, well, how, like, how did she get her means? She, you know. Well, aren't we awfully judgy for other people's career <laughs> choices? So Jesus. I don't think Jesus, uh, and I would be curious to to hear Satan. And when you go into the menu. For all the different people you can you can chat with, Satan, who is at the bottom, of course, of course, of course, has a green devil emoji uh, next to their name. By the way, two ninety nine a month, twenty nine ninety nine a year. That's the best value. Unlimited text every day. Larger Unlimited. conversation memory. Hmm. Not sure what that means. And I'm definitely not going to read the privacy policy because I'm probably going to wind up on all kinds of religious email lists. Yeah, you're going to probably have uh, some evangelicals knocking on your door. We are. We are. We are here to talk about Russell Moore. I appreciate our sponsor. That's that's really a, a, a nice. I don't know what what percent we get off of the off the ad there, but. We probably get a percentage of the free tier, which would be a big you know, fat zero. It, it would be kind of fun, it, as long as you can kind of keep that app without it blowing up your phone, is like to start each episode with the question for Jesus. I'm down. Or, or whoever. I'm down. Judas is listed last as part of the apostles. He is, he, he, he is last, um, and Ooh. he is part of the pay tier, which, uh, by the yeah. way... Instead of having a little lock emoji next to his name, they should have mm-hmm. a piece of silver. Ooh, yes. See, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm helping design the app. <laughs> so anyway, Russell listening Moore. in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you'd kind of picked up on the vibe there. Why don't you explain how you started seeing him popping up everywhere? So I know. And, and where, and where he started popping up. Where he started popping up was everywhere. Like, I would see him, I would see articles with him, podcast links with him, TV news clips with him. Russell Moore was everywhere. And I knew of him kind of vaguely. He was connected with the Southern Baptist Convention. He left the Southern Baptist Convention. He, he, he seemed like 
one of the more prominent never Trumper or maybe not never Trumper, but definite Trump critic. And it would be interesting to to be able to really know, like, did this cost him? He has taken a fairly unusually public stand against Trump on a religious evangelical basis. And yeah, if you're if you remember during the 2016 election, that's what got it. He got into hot water with the Southern Baptist Convention and a lot of evangelicals when he was calling out evangelicals for wanting to vote for Trump. And this was like after the uh, Access Hollywood, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like that was a breaking point, apparently, for, for more. That's when he started speaking out. And so, yeah, he got a lot of heat within, you know, the Southern Baptists. And he was kind of told to, you know, shut up about it. So, I mean, that's kind of when he first came on the radar. And there was a lot of news articles on him then. And he's like one of the evangelicals that was, uh, you know, taking a stand against him. But, you know, then as he got elected, you know, he kind of calmed down and, uh, you know, Kind of went along. He didn't. So he didn't really say a lot during his first presidency that I recall seeing in the news. He did. He did some, and some. It, but I mean, not did, like uh, it did cost him his position ultimately at the the Southern Baptist Convention. That's not what got him. Well, he quit on his own. So I mean, they were you know they were telling him to to sh- you know shut up and toe the line kind of thing. But it was actually, and you remember that, I think we talked about this on a podcast, when the Southern Baptist Convention met a few years ago, I don't remember what year it was, but it was a few years ago, and that was when all the sexual abuse was, was in the news and where the Southern Baptist Convention, anyway, so during that convention, he got in a lot of trouble for pushing back. The, the, most of the people there wanted to put that under the, under the rug. They wanted to kind of hide that, they didn't want to be talking about that. And, and he wasn't quiet about that. And so that got him into additional trouble. And it was kind of around that time, I think that's when he decided to make his break. And then he gave up his position. And I can't remember the, the title he had, but it was, you know, a, a big position in the Southern Baptist Convention. He was, the head of the, he was head of the policy arm. He wasn't the president. He wasn't the boss of... Yeah, we wasn't the president, All but, but he the was right, Southern right. Baptist Convention. But he was. It, it's called the Ethics and Religious, and Religious Liberty. Liberty Commission. Right. So that right, that is right. that's a that's an influential position. Oh yeah, for sure. And for sure. And look, to his credit, taking a stand like this arguably has cost him. That at least I don't. I, I th- at least uh, I think should be acknowledged. Because we are inundated every day with people who have not only not taken that stand, they get worse in accommodating the anti-democratic, criminal, violence-tinged rhetoric that turns into, can turn into real violence. He didn't, he didn't do that. It also does feel like he's got an outsized influence in the mainstream media. So this is this is a very recent list of news outlets that he's been in. The gut- well, and it's not it's not coincidental that he's got a book that just came out. You know, if somebody's got a book, they're going to help him publish it. Yeah, I think so- I think the book I think the book is is a, a good hook. But he's also kind of a made-for-TV personality in that respect because the media loves a heretic. Right, especially right. especially loves right. a religious yeah. heretic who is still religious but is publicly, I would say, using his, using his faith in a way that I think you would normally respect even in that 
at least he is in this narrow part of the beliefs is kind of living his faith. They get a they the mainstream. Uh. Oh, dude, <laughs> uh, I've I've been waiting for a rebuttal. So let's go. Because <laughs> I am curious what yeah. you think about it. Yeah. So. What I have a problem with is, uh, and it's kind of the same thing with Chris Christie, is like they come out and and criticize what their party is doing. In the case of Christie, is you know the GOP. In the case of of Moore, you know what the evangelicals are doing. But they've been living in that water up until very recently. You know, like with Chris Christie. He was all on board for Trump and the Republican Party and all of the bullshit and dangerous stuff they've done up until the insurrection. And that was supposedly his final, um, you know, uh, the last straw. And so he became an anti-Trumper at that point. Other, you know, before that, he helped Trump. He was, um, you know, helping him with his... Um, debate prep. Uh, debate strategy and all that kind of stuff. So, so wait, so... Interesting that you would call him an anti-Trumper. I'm not sure that I'm. I I don't necessarily want to grant him. Well, right. That that honor because I don't because because he's running for office, and right. I don't trust him anyway. Uh, his 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 tenure as as New Jersey governor was. Full of of controversies that oh, yeah. he and he he was a bully, and people went to jail for things that he had a part of, like when he closed the bridges. Uh, people went to people went to, on his staff went to jail for that. One thing that people don't seem to remember was when there was a there was a budget crisis, and they closed the beaches in New Jersey, which is a which is a big deal. On oh, yeah. July Fourth weekend, oh tourism time! And right? there's a classic picture of him at the and his family at the governor's beach house, hanging out at an empty beach. Everybody else doesn't get to go, but Chris Christie and his family doesn't matter to them. He was on the he was on the beach. That somebody I remember that picture uh, in the lawn chair. Classic, <laughs> classic, classic meme. And yep. so I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And and see, I have the same thing for Russell Moore. Ah, because this is the same kind of mo where he was been you know up in the SBC through his entire career. You know, he was baptized in the Southern Baptist Church. He was a I guess a pastor at a at a, a church. You know, he went through the Southern Baptist seminaries, yada yada yada. So you know, he's a dyed in the wool, and you know, he he did this all after the Southern Baptists took the hard right turn. I think it was like 1979 where they decided they were going to be super conservative, super fundamentalist, and all that. Um, and just like Chris Christie, where he ticks all the boxes off that the Republicans want, you know, anti-abortion. Uh, anti-regulation, on down the list. And it's the same thing with Russell Moore. He's anti-abortion. He's, um, you know, in, in favor of the, of the patriarchal hierarchy of, of, of the church, you know, where only men can preach. So, you know, it's he's not a liberal. It's funny that you mention that, though, because, because when you look at his, when you look at his Wikipedia page or you look at his biography, that kind of stuff doesn't come up. The more liberal stuff that he is for comes up about like he how he's against gay conversion therapy. He does believe he like he does believe that marriage is only should only be men and right. women. Um, right. And he has been he he was a pretty he was a pretty vocal critic of Donald Trump when not a lot of other evangelicals were. And yeah, but I mean that kind of goes back, and, and I get that. I mean because if you look at a but, you know back a in the day, coming. well, but I'm yeah. So I'm saying you know back in the days when Clinton was president, and you know that was when the uh, the evangelical right was all up in arms about the you know the you can't have this immoral president in the church. Sure. Okay. 
So Russell Moore was was around during all that time. So you know he he and you know so he he's quite aware. But of he that. wasn't he and, wasn't and as so, yes, he was, wasn't as big though. I mean you right. I mean in his in his defense, I don't know how we would know what Russell Moore thought in 1992. Well, for sure, right? Yeah, no, I understand that. But he's part of the church that went through that. And it continued to be part of that church up until very recently. So, and and to to say the breaking point was a sexual abuse thing. I mean, that's kind of a a PR kind of thing. Really? Yeah, I, you know, I assume it. Well, no, I, I assume his heart is in the right place. But I know, you know, the, the Southern Baptist Church. The reason they were freaking out about that is because of the bad PR. They saw what it was doing to the Catholic Church, and so they wanted to. You know, bury that under the table, kind of thing. Which, so. which, basically makes them like every other, right denomination. Right. They're nothing, nothing. It doesn't feel like it was any worse. It was already really, really bad. Right, right. And but, so the, I don't, want, I don't want to get too far ahead. But, but he gets so. no, but he gets no, he gets no points for you for for eventually walking away. Like, do, like but he, are but, you? But he didn't walk away. Oh, <laughs> he he didn't. he didn't walk away from his theology. He didn't walk away from evangelicalism. He didn't walk away from any of. That. He just walked away from the Southern Baptist Convention. That's a big deal, though. That that that's a that's a that's a big deal. Well, I, I guess it kind of is because I remember when Jimmy Carter did that, but he did it over when they decide, when the Southern Baptist convention decided that they would not you know they put a firm stance that they would not allow women pastors i think that was Mm -hmm. one of the points where jimmy carter took his leave but i mean there's other options okay i mean so where carter landed was a more progressive i think it was like american baptist you know which is a lot more social gospel more progressive kind of thing but where russell moore uh is going to church now is a um non-denominational, and nobody can see my, my bunny quotes there, um, church in Nashville. Um, I think it was called Emmanuel Church, something like that. Um, but if you look at their their uh, beliefs, it's all up and down the line, you know, Southern Baptist kind of theology, you know, women. And it's part of the, the Acts 29 movement, which was started maybe about 20 years ago, by a really piece of work called Mark Driscoll. So this was kind of a thing. They wanted to do more church planning. So this is um, not, you know, so Acts 29 is, a, is like an organization that these churches can belong to. A lot of Southern Baptist churches belong to this Acts 29 thing. Well, Acts 29 has been in the news, this is going back a few years, for sexual abuse things. So... You know, he's he's not moved to a better church. If if he really uh, was going to put his uh, money where his mouth was, he would have gone maybe to the Meth- United Methodist Church, something like that. Is that asking is that asking too much though? Like, are you are, are is is this view too glass half empty rather than half full? He's all about biblical inerrancy. Yep, gender roles pretty clear you know i'm sure if you asked him he'd say there's two genders men and women you're there at birth he would say it better than this but men would be the leaders and the women would right. be the the nurturers he believes in he believes literally believes in hell yep which is always something to me is 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 nuts well and jesus is the only way i mean so on down the line it's all that same evangelical um, doctrine stuff, but he does kind of walk. He does walk more of the walk about race, and he does walk a little bit more of the walk when it comes to taking care of everyone. You know, the vulnerable, and mm, I haven't really heard that part. Well, uh, you mean like the social gospel thing? No. Yeah, no well, like uh, naming, he's not. He's not one of your, what do you call the progressive Christ, progressive Christians that mm-hmm. are all like like let's not let's not get that confused. That's all part of his anti-Trump 
doctrine. That he, okay. he he's pretty consistent about that. But being an anti-Trumper on mainstream media can be pretty lucrative. MSNBC, well, it, MSNBC, your average liberal Twitter feed, all of the networks are filled with former Republicans who hate Trump and have publicly aligned with Democrats to prevent the spread, the anti-democratic spread of dotardianism. And if you saw Russell Moore in your social feed or on a news site, here's why. This, in, in August alone, he was in The Guardian, Yahoo News, The New York Post, Religion News Service, The Washington Post, NPR, and a lot of local NPR stations. In July, he was in The New York Times, the Atlantic. Oh, we're back to, to August again. Mediaite, the New Republic, a few things in Christianity Today. He did a podcast with The Bulwark, and The Bulwark is a group, it's like the OG group of former Republicans, right. anti, anti-Trump former Republicans. He was yeah. in the Chattanooga Free Times Press, MSNBC. He was on, he was on Meet the Press. Guest Booker's on TV station. He's on Morning Joe. He's oh, yeah, all over yeah, the yeah, Morning Joe. Yep. Nobody loves a former Republican anti-Trumper more than more than Morning Joe. Well, and Joe is a Southern Baptist. I don't know if he's, I don't think he still is, but I mean, he he you know kind of always goes into that story. Well, those are those are those are also safe spaces for him because on there yeah. he gets to espouse what you would probably call a sanitized version of evangelicalism that's that's my point is is like nowhere during these interviews at least ones i've listened to maybe you've heard some different does the interviewer ask him what his positions are on all these other things it, it's all you know kind of lifting him up as being the heretic somebody that wants to uh, you know, turn evangelicalism on its head and wants to get know, back to, to the traditions of it, and wants to right, wants a right. wants a compassionate and caring evangelicalism. It sounds a little, little Andy Stanley, and I know that that and that yeah. <laughs> that comparison is is designed for you to hate it. Um, Thank you, but. <laughs> If I will, if I'm going to put my contrarian hat on, do we do, and and this is from a political perspective, do we need Russell Moore more than he needs us? No, we don't need him. We need, if you're going to have a voice from uh, Christianity, it needs to be a more progressive form, but I know that's not going to happen. Okay, so you basically disagreed with me and then said your disagreement wasn't going to work. <laughs> it's, not a solid, right. it's not a solid disagreement. So, so I'll, go back uh, to, I'll go back to my original question. Do we need him politically? Okay, and this is obviously a loaded question, because I think we do. I, I think we, but I the think, thing is... I think we do. But it would be a lot more helpful if you know, we knew, because the last time... It'd be a uh, lot more helpful if I would have won the $1.5 billion lottery and I could buy billboards on every major highway in the Southeast talking about that, but I didn't. So I have to, I have to live in reality. And I think we need him more than he needs us. But does it help our cause? Because he was one of these that... He didn't vote for Trump, but he also didn't vote for Hillary. So it was like a no vote. Does that mm-hmm. help us? Well, truly, uh, good question, because and that is the type of question that they can ask on these political shows, because mm-hmm. if you're going to go on there and you're going to espouse, you know, your your beliefs or your takes on politics, 
you should also be challenged on that. Right. And right. the question that I would that I would ask if I was interviewing him is it's easy for you to talk anti-Trump, but if you don't vote for somebody to keep him out of office, then you're not you're not walking the walk. Who are you gonna right. vote exactly. who are you gonna vote for in twenty twenty four? I think that's a right. fair question. Because if you're gonna come uh, if you're gonna come and talk about how how Trump is bad and Trumpism is bad and the the forces that that are that drive Trumpism are bad. And then you don't really you don't do the one thing that you are you have in your power to prevent that and to set an example for all the people that listen to you. Right. Yeah. It's like, hold your nose this time. We need to, you know, change things, but we won't change things by electing Trump. So we need to bite our, uh, you know, our tongue and, and pick Biden this time. Did, has anybody asked uh, Chris Christie, like, um, if Trump is the nominee, which, you know, apparently he's he is not he is he is not said he would not vote for him. I mean, he's running. He's 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 he has an easy dodge right now because he's ostensibly, you know, running for president. What he's really doing is just polishing his own image and getting out there because, again, it's really lucrative to be a to be a current Republican who is as loudly anti-Trump as Chris Christie can be. And Russell Moore in some ways, is kind of an evangelical equivalent. That's what I'm saying. I see the parallel, very strong parallels between the two because they're being very squishy on how are they going to, you know, change things. The first step is to save our democracy at, you know, any and all costs. And if they're not willing to, to go there, then fuck them. You well, know, I, I, I don't want to hear your story. Well, you don't want to hear, but the problem is, for you is you don't want to hear his story anyway because most of his story you've you have heard before you don't like it you don't like the people that like it and you think it's harmful and a and a scourge on society and well actually i i did i bought his book i i downloaded it so because i'm super curious about where he's going with this thing because you know you're not going to get that in the interviews True. So, I mean, as, as part of my research of uh, the evangelicalism, uh, I thought I need to I need to check this out. So I, I did download so, it. So hey, I you know put what? Put some money you're, in his coffers. You're you're walking the walk uh, as well. But here's here's my case for for why we need him. This podcast, or me, or you. Or any other atheist, or humanist, or really left-wing person, even probably mildly left-wing person, is not going to get through. Not going to get through to the people that Russell Moore can can get to, potentially. Right. So in this case, we do need him more than, from a political perspective, we need him more than more than he needs us. Because honestly, he doesn't care about us from uh, from a political perspective. But if you have more Russell Moores, and I'm only talking about in the political perspective, because just this week, the indictments came out, and immediately, America's least favorite former president started going after everybody that is trying to hold him accountable. And if he wins, the question is going to be for everybody, what are you going to give up in order to prevent that from happening? And you could argue that Russell Moore gave up more than any of us did or than most people did in fighting the first administration in 2016. Russell Moore can reach people that we can't. Well, here's this though. Is so You're I not just did a it. search. <laughs> no, I'm not because um, I mean I wish that was the case, 
But so I just did a, a search for uh, Russell Moore Fox News. No, I hate these mid-pod Google searches, but okay. Well, but I'm saying, all, you know, you see MSNBC, you see NBC, ABC. Mm-hmm. I don't see any interviews he's done. You know, hopefully somebody will correct me where he's been on Fox News. That's where he needs to be telling us. He's preaching to the choir yeah, but on Fox, our side. But Fox doesn't, but, but Fox doesn't want to hear him. Well, that's what I'm saying but, is that but, people dude, that need But the to only hear way for him to be on Fox is for him to be worse. Even though he's not in the right-wing fever swamp television cable channels, he's at least got some sway in the evangelical movement. Now, well, I was gonna okay. So I'm gonna give him credit for something. Oh, I'm sitting. So, yeah. <laughs> so he recently did a um, an event with Beth Moore, no relation, mm-hmm. who is also an ex SBC. Uh, a little bit, a little bit on the heretic train. Uh, yeah, but not not as as uh, clearly as, oh, as I would hope. It just kills you to give anybody Either. any credit, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, okay, so, but anyway, let, let me say this first, and then I'll go to, to that. So, I mean, Beth Moore has a huge following in uh, evangelical women. Yep. She's a huge author. She's got a lot of, you know, events that she's done. Yep. So I think it's smart, on you know, on his part to do a combination event like that where they talked about the book. That was kind of the main purpose was the kind of, she did a, a back and forth on, on the book. And so for a lot of these people that are, you know, maybe these suburbanite uh, Andy Stanley people, that might move the needle enough there to help us. So kudos to that. But that, but, that is, but, but Jeff, in some ways, I think that's the whole game. I, I, think, I think that's the game. Yeah. Would you, just, would you describe people like that as frenemies? I'm not sure what you mean by that with those two, because I, I, I see them being friends. I don't see them being enemies. Oh, okay. Or at least allies. Allies. Okay. They're, and yeah, how, I, I would probably much, use that term. How yeah. much of, like, personally, I don't, need, I don't need to like all your politics. I don't need to like your, your views on religion, but... If you are going to figuratively join hands to stop an an anti-democratic movement that could seriously endanger what I think would be a successful future of this country, then mm-hmm. yeah, then you're more than then you're more than my 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 friend of me. We yeah, I would I, ally probably yeah, would be the better. We, we can't. We we can't lose. No, like we no. we we can't lose because it feels in too many ways like it's game over. To we could go back to, I would love to go back to fighting on policy. I, I would I yeah. would love to go back to fighting on policy because the Republican Party now doesn't have any. They don't. It, like. it, it's just it's just trolling. And grievance and anger, and at least you do have people on that side ostensibly that are walking away from it. Now it would be better if they're if they said, "I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for the for the Democratic candidate. I'm gonna vote for the person that's gonna gonna further our democracy." Right. It, it, yeah. it would it would be it would be much better than than I'm not going to vote. When I hear that, and if I hear people talking like that in 2024, then I'm going to tune you out forever. Right. Because at because that feels like the 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 minimum cost of of entry. If you can't do that, then you're not walking the walk. And you're not serious about it. And if that's the case, why should I listen to you? I feel I right, feel like right. I definitely feel that way with Chris Christie. Absolutely feel that way with Chris Christie. And I know you, that I <clears throat> bitch about Frank Luntz, another 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 guy. 
he's like the pollster version of the Chris Christie or Russell Moore. He's the guy yep. that basically yep. that created the kind of language and negativity that Newt Gingrich successfully used for yeah, a long yeah, time. Yep. And yep. he's always got a green room gold pass to every major network. These people, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you because when it comes down to it, you you don't want the the status quo to change because you're not willing to take that that final that step. Bold step, right? Right. Believe believe whatever else you want, but if you yeah, really this think time, it's, yeah. Yeah, then get your shit together. Republicans get your shit together. But you know, I don't I don't see that happening. I think that ship has already sailed. I mean, and that's the other thing um that I, I wanted to kind of talk about was is like both Chris Christie and Russell Moore are not stupid people. So for them to kind of act surprised about they don't know how their party got there, they don't know how their their denomination got there. That's that's bullshit. Okay. You do, I mean, do you think do you think it's bullshit or do you just think it's it's when you're that bubble, when you're that bubble shit. when you're when you're that close to something, you don't you 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 can't look at it with a objectively with yeah. an unjaundiced eye, and and you don't want to believe it. You you don't you well, don't want to believe it, and you make excuses for it. And and look, man, the Democrats made excuses. For a lot of what Bill Clinton did, we all did. Yep. We all did, and I'm not. And I'm not saying that these that these were equal, but it's it's much harder when you're that close to it, or it's easier to make excuses and to rationalize. And oh, he's our guy, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if we don't support him, and there's there is a there is a more than a sliver of truth to this. That if he's our guy, and if we don't support him, then like the hordes are going to take over. Yeah. So we we I think everybody's kind of capable of doing it. I don't know how much of a I don't know how much of a conversion you have to have to satisfy yeah, but, our our folks. But I mean, so on the, uh, the the point of sexual abuse, which is you know the thing that that's why Russell Moore, you know, left the church. Mm-hmm. That that's the right reason he gave. How can you not consider the fact? Perhaps it's your patriarchal uh, patriarchal structure. In other words, where you don't allow any women in in positions of power. You don't allow women pastors. And it's that complementarian kind of thing where men are above women and all that. How can you not consider that as a possibility of the cause of sexual abuse in the church? I mean, that's kind of what the Catholic Church, they don't have any women priests. And it's a very male-centric and, they and never you will. Know, protect your own kind of thing. So how can you how can you say you're against sexual abuse, but you don't have any any answers for how did we get here and how can we solve this but you know what you're you're stuck when you when you see the inerrancy of scripture and you read that first timothy about a woman shall not speak you're stuck but you can't get out of it how far do they have to walk away from it do they have to walk away from it to your satisfaction or is walking no but i'm saying if if he's saying that that's his his issue then why would you then go to a church that is exact same structure and in fact they have less oversight these non-denominational churches have no oversight whatsoever at least the southern baptist convention you know they they do have some oversight it's not nearly as as structured as let's say the presbyterian church he went, you know, from the Southern Baptist Church to something that is on par. Now they have more guitars and and you know, no cross in front and that kind of stuff. But it's like you really didn't you didn't really change um, the church you're going to. And l- before I forget, let me let me mention that about Beth Moore too. So the reason that she left the Southern Baptist Church was because she supposedly adapted an 
egalitarian uh, framework, theological position. She was also against the Christian nationalism part of it too, but well, there's a, yeah, but I mean, that never seems to come up real heavily in the interviews that I've heard. The, 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 they're not asking him. They're, they're right, not asking right. her about him. So that's yep. not that's that's not Beth Moore's fault. No. But anyway, so 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 suppose that was the reason she she left. She wanted to go towards a complementarian. So what church did she end up in? She ended up in the Anglican Church in North America, which is an evangelical. It's, it's not anywhere related to the, um, you know, the Anglo or the even uh, not evangelical Episcopalian Church here. A lot of people confuse those two. No, it's the same kind of. Um, complementarian structure where there's only male priests um, no women in, in leadership so it's like what the hell if that's why you left the Southern Baptist Church why would you Why would you? the only, thing, the only reason is because it also follows um, inerrancy, they're anti-abortion they're anti-gay so but you know, so what did she gain by leaving? So what, well, what she gained by leaving is nothing so she, so she didn't gain, she didn't gain anything, anything by leaving, and I can answer, or I think I can answer your question. Um, how can you, like, talk about one thing and then still be part of that same system? Because right, they're gonna, right. but because Jeff, they're gonna look at them as as two completely different things. That they are, that they are doing, no pun intended, the Lord's work. For speaking out against it, but that's not going to like they're not going to take the next step to renounce their faith. They're not gonna re- they're not gonna renounce their belief in the Bible. They're not gonna renounce evangelicalism. They're gonna renounce what they see as evil, and they're gonna renounce the structure of the uh, the organization and the structure. That either that both allowed it to happen and swept it under the rug, but they're right. not going to go for this whole gigantic change and then all of a sudden start showing up at you know atheist conventions. But it's that that whole theological structure that they've not given up is what's driving the Republican Party, and yeah, I, I don't know how they don't you know. I don't think I don't they. Think I, that, that, I don't know. I, I clearly they don't see it that way, and they and they and they're actually pretty loud. And that and this is what gets them on. This is what gets them, you know, kind of mainstream media support, is being loud against it, because there are there are very few, you know, white evangelical leaders, that talk about the evils of Christian nationalism. Right. And, or right. that, you know, the, the reason why he got so much attention for leaving the Southern Baptist Convention is because nobody else did. Like no other no other leader made made the public case against it like he did. And you could say that that would be that could be PR motivated and it could be cynical and possibly. But. Just because he was the only one, still should get credit for coming out against it. And I'm not saying that they need to make a statue of him. But when somebody like that at least takes a step in the direction, do you stand there with your arms folded and go, that's not enough steps? Yeah. I'm not trying, I'm not defending his or Beth Moore's positions, or their theology, or, you know, what they, I'm sure if you ask both of them, I don't think, maybe in the podcast you listened to, you heard this, but I doubt they got into his deeply held beliefs of, about abortion. They didn't. And what no. the, and, you know, what it. the Supreme right. Court should do. And there was a, a horrific story this week that there was a, there was a girl in... Mississippi, who got pregnant and she couldn't have an abortion, and now she's a mom at 13 yep. years old. 
13. Yep. And he and Beth Moore. They're fine with might, that. Right. They, well, I don't know if they're fine with it. Uh, because nobody nobody's ever asked him. Is the line, if you're not a fighting for it and you're not against it, then you are for it? Are you like tacitly for it if you're not speaking out against it? I could I could I could go that far. Well, and they may be in favor of more exceptions. They may, you know, I doubt it's it. It's really but... hard to, but yeah, that would be something that you know when they're on these podcasts and stuff, somebody should be asking these kind of questions. But I mean, you know, with the party that they that they continue to supposedly support, they're taking that hard right stance. They want to they want to make you, it a do you national think they still support policy. It? Who the Republican Party? Yeah. I don't think they do. I mean, I think state they, by states, yeah. No, I think they and, and the they, the people running for the rep- Republican presidency, yeah. You think that both you you think I'm talking about the the Moors. I, oh. I don't think that I don't think the Moors support this Republican Party. Now, I don't think you're going to turn them into AOC donors. But I would argue that we probably need, from a political perspective, more people like them in order to stop the bleeding, because they're because they're they're not they're not going to listen to us. They're not going to listen to to democratic politicians. They're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna listen to people that they have been trained to dislike, mistrust, and and hate. And no, I, I totally agree with that. And but I also agree with what you said earlier that the only way that they can really help us and help save the democracy is to make the bold statement that hey, this time around, you know, unless maybe if Chris Christie got in there, now that you know, maybe they'd have a have a a path to voting for the Republican Party. But if Trump is a nominee, and they just sit it out, let's be real. I'll put my pundit hat on. Chris Christie is not going to be no. the Republican nominee. So that that ain't happening. If Dotard has a heart attack and dies, Chris Christie will still not be the nominee. And arguably, it could be somebody worse, potentially. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why you look at DeSantis. He would be, you know, I think actually far worse. Kind of, you know, it's really kind of hard to, to say if he's really serious about this stuff. He's but he kinda, certainly he's is in Florida. Taking some L's lately, though. When he he came out the other day, basically telling, pleading with Disney to stop the lawsuit against them, <laughs> and that because he's losing donors over that, it, right? That yeah. felt that felt awfully weak. That felt that felt opposite of his us, usual cocky bluster. So, I don't. I don't know if I, I. I don't know what. Look, we'll, we we could spend another hour speculating, and who knows? But right. I think we need more evangelicals like Russell Moore, and fewer of the ones that you see in all the TikTok and YouTube clips where they're all dressed up in. Trump 2024 and he's still the president and he controls the military and it doesn't matter doesn't matter I'm always going to vote for him and Joe Biden is a is a devil like those people cannot run this country the people that they want cannot run this country and in that case I would link political arms for this one overarching issue with somebody like Russell Moore and then afterwards we could we could we could go back to fighting well yeah and and I I totally would but again it gets to the point if if you know I don't want to link arms with somebody who says I'm just going to sit this one out because that's saying that you really don't give a shit about democracy is like you'll just hope for the best but I, I I can't do anything more than just because as an evangelical, I can't vote for the commie, socialist, uh, godless heathens that the Democratic Party has been made out to be. If that's the case, 
what do you feel about how how will you feel about them and that going forward worse that, than you do now what if what now yeah look what if we what if we get to 2024 and the quasi anti-trumpers don't help push biden over the top and we lose mm-hmm. for any reason how are you going to look at those people going forward with more anger than i have now <laughs> and i have enough now that's a lot yeah that, that's that that's a lot and i i share that i i i absolutely share that and i, I don't want to get there I, I I don't I don't want to get there. I I fear. Can you imagine in 2024 MTG having more power than she has now? No, and you know, you think about VP possibilities, she's in strong contentions. <laughs> I and will Trump dies in office. I will bet a bottle of bourbon that that ain't happening. She will never be his vice president. Well, she would be in the cabinet, I bet. Because, yeah, I mean, anybody that's super loyal, that's who he wants. I don't he think, wants you know what, I'm that... not sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting. You know what? Yeah. Let's just keep it as a thought experiment and never discuss it again. You know, another thing that, w- that would kind of help from the, from the Moors would be to speak out and say, hey, we need to stop demonizing the other side. And, and did you hear any of that in the interviews? I did not. But I mean, that's that's a big part of it is when you when you set up the other side as basically the spawn of Satan, what choice do the people in the pews have? So this would be this would be filed under what we want, what we would want to see more of for sure. No, if you want to be my ally, here's here's what's required. If you want to keep, you know, doing a uh, the you know, the MSNBC, um, you know, morning shows, this is what you need to speak to, you know. Give us, give us a little bit of, uh, you know, some gratification that you're actually on our, you're going to help us. Not a convincing argument, because I'll, I'll be, I'll be one of them. Not a convincing argument. Why do I want to help you? Why should I help you? Uh, well, it's not. It's helping our country. Right, well, that's, okay, that, they don't, yeah, now that yeah. is a more compelling yeah. argument. All right. You yeah. know, because if, when you speak about broader themes, and what's really important. Right. Right. What Jeff and Jerry think clearly unimportant. <laughs> right. Um, right. From a political perspective, what we think also clearly unimportant. But democratic institutions, right? Those are those are those are hugely important. A functioning justice system, fair elections, right. and there's a financial and a you can even you can even appeal to somebody's love of capitalism. Because if we don't have those things and all of a sudden we're not the king of the heap anymore and we're just another mid-range kind of flailing former power, Mm -hmm. the slide from there is really quick. Just ask Great Britain. Yep. Yep. And when you get there, you'll never get out. In our lifetime. That's what they say. Once you lose your democracy, it's super hard to ever retrieve it. And your your kids' futures are in peril. Yeah, not to mention the grandkids, you know. And that's So this is why this is why I think everyone should be a big fan of Russell Moore. <laughs> yeah, be a uh, a cautious fan. A cautious fan. Like like I say, I, I I I get where you're coming from. I I see them as potential allies, but I don't at this point. I don't I don't see that they're really because what is going to just like the damage that the Chris Christie is doing, it's making people think that oh see there are normal people in the Republican Party. See there are normal people in evangelicalism. And well, that may—I don't, I don't know if Chris Christie would be normal. I, you know, I don't know how far back you'd have to go to get get back back to that. But it's that trying to normalize things is like if only we got back to Russell Moore's evangelicalism, 
then we'd be fine. No, we wouldn't, because you're still going to have um, anti-abortion laws. You're still going to have anti-gay laws. You're still going to have the Supreme Court. I mean, the Supreme Court thing has been a long dream of evangelicals and of the Republican Party. And so, you know, there you are. I, I hate to grasp at these little pieces of hope out there that this is that Russell Moore is going to you know, turn these people around. Beth Moore is going to turn these people around. Chris Christie's going to ah, but but that but that Jeff, that is that's a problem of whoever is saying that because you don't need Russell Moore or Chris Christie or any of these people to completely turn over new leaves because they're not gonna. And in, if right. that's what if that's the expectation. You are always whoever thinks that is always going to be disappointed. We no, that's, we, and I said that I don't. I don't want him to turn over a new leaf. I don't expect that, but I do want him to turn over that leaf temporarily. Okay. Well, I don't know if they're going to even do that, but they have to. They have to lock arms with us on the most important thing, and then if we win in twenty twenty four, let's go back to fighting on everything else. Okay, but, but so explain to me because maybe I missed it. So mm-hmm. how are they locking arms with us now? If no, now I mean you know with with the interviews you've seen, how is that um... being 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 publicly? I don't want to say I don't want to just say anti-Trump, but when you call out his immorality and you make people think twice about their undying loyalty and is this really where i want this country going is they can make any appeal they want is he really is he really quote godly and i realize this is kind of a double-edged sword because when you put when you put a candidate in this this frame of whether they're godly or not it's real easy to look at dotard and say clearly not but you could have somebody that's maybe not equally terrible, but terrible in all the, the ways that they can be terrible, but they're godly, and they're a little more moral. So we don't have to vote for, for, for Biden. We'll just vote for somebody that's going to do almost as bad of things as the prospective Republican nominee is going to. But honestly, well, I don't know if you can fight all of these battles at once. We got to beat him. Like right. we got to beat him now. To me, that's the now. primary objective. Yes, right, right. that's it. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's are are you for beating him or not? Because if you're going to be wishy washy on it, then we're waste. We're all wasting our time. What would you like to recommend? Is there anything of note that you are? Well, I'm actually back to reading reading a book now. So the one I'm reading now, it's called A Fever in the Heartland, the Ku Klux Klan's Plot to Take Over America and the Woman Who Stopped Them. Which what was kind of surprising to me is you always think of the KKK being a southern state kind of thing. Well, when it was reprised back in the 20s, actually the Midwest, like Indiana specifically, had far more Klansmen, and it wasn't just Klansmen, it was Klanswomen, Klans kids. It's like, I really didn't know all that history about how widespread uh, white supremacy was. It's, it's not just a Southern thing. It, it was an export, apparently. So that's, that's kind of the light reading I'm doing right now. And if you have a question uh, that you would like Jesus to answer for the next podcast, please hit us up. And on X, because we still and have an want, account. If you want Satan to answer, then you have to give us two dollars and ninety nine cents on. Uh, what are we on? Patreon? So, what are we on? You know, we we <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that we interviewed somebody from TST, and they would probably say, "Hey, hit the hip and pay the three bucks to talk to Satan. Why are you Why are you trying to crowdfund three bucks? It's less than a." half the price of a latte at Starbucks. All right, then.
We'll see you all in two weeks. Good night. Uh, the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend.